Welcome to this Adirondack Community 8th grade podcast. I'm Laura Eldred and I teach career and business classes at Keene Central School. For the third year in a row, our 8th graders told brief stories about growing up in the town of Keene. We've collected them in this podcast. As you will hear, the themes that encompass this year's stories are family, resilience, animals, and the outdoors. From camping trips full of stars or mosquitoes, a skittish horse, or one especially loud duck, these students are enthusiastic storytellers with big ideas to share. This eighth grade story project is part of the Adirondack community, capturing, retaining, and communicating the stories of who we are, a multi-year local history project that collects and organizes audio stories and related photographs from the town of Keene community members using our story bridge methodology. Visit us at myadirondackstory.org to hear about the rich social and cultural history of our community located in New York State's Adirondack Mountains. Music interludes have been provided by Martha Gallagher, the Adirondack Harper. Our first story is about a local maple sugar business. It's a story of family legacy, hard work, and some of the delicious benefits of being part of a family business. Hi, I'm an eighth grade student at KCS, and here is my story about my family's maple business. Back in the day, way before I was born, my grandpa had a small maple operation with his friends. They only made a couple gallons a year, a year, but eventually he started with his dad and they started expanding the business. When my dad was born, he started helping out too. Um, they kept expanding until 1998 when the ice storm hit Keene. All the trees got ruined and they were forced to log the trees, I guess. Um, a couple years later, when I was born, the trees were ready to start producing sap again. So they opened the doors back up of the sugar house. Um, I started helping out my dad and grandpa when I was old enough. My first job was the official taste tester, but eventually um, I got to be the canner, and that's my job to this day. We have continued to grow, and I like being a part of our family's maple business in the Adirondacks. Our next story continues the theme of family legacies and how in a town as small as Keene, it can feel as though everyone knows everyone. I am an eighth grader at Keene Central School and I'm gonna talk about my family legacy in Keene. I was born into a family that has been around slash lived in this town forever, the Wilsons. Everyone pretty much knows my mom and her dad, Joe Pete Wilson, who is a legend around here. He has a photo in the Mountaineer. Alsted Hill used to be called the Wilson, called Wilson's Corners, because my family used to own pretty much all of it. The Barkeeter was a, like a horse farm that they did a bunch of stuff at, but sadly we had to sell it a while ago. My uncle is a town supervisor, my mom's brother of Keene, and everyone knows him. My cousin, his son is Joseph Wilson, and his sister, Grace Wilson. Uh, Grace graduated from online school, but Joseph graduated from Keene Central School, and everyone knows him. He was the one who graduated to Middlebury. My mom ran for Congress a few years ago, and when I meet people, they all pretty much know her. You can look her up online, and you will see photos of her and other people with her. This is me trying to keep the Wilson legacy going, because I feel like people are forgetting about him. 
This story doesn't really wrap up, but I just know everyone and everyone knows me. Everyone makes assumptions about who I am because of, they know my family, but I'm glad that I can talk about all of us. Everyone's family is different, and this next student's story makes us think about the many ways families can change and grow over time. I'm an eighth grader at Keene Central School, and this is the story of how I met my step-siblings. My mom knew my now stepdad through a mutual friend whose son was friends with my brother and my now stepbrother, so that that's how they met. I first met Charlie and Gunner when I got back from an overnight trip with my class in third grade. My mom told me on the car ride home that people I didn't know yet were coming over, and I was excited to meet them. The first time I met Charlie, we went upstairs to my room and listened to scary stories while getting to know each other better, and we realized we have a lot of common including our birthdays, which are just two days apart. Charlie, Gunner, and Coulter started coming over more and more until eventually Coulter became a permanent resident at our home, and Charlie and Gunner came every week from Thursday to Sunday. Coulter and my mom sat us down one day during dinner and told us that they were getting married. At first, Charlie and Gunner weren't very excited, while me and my brother were really excited, but eventually they came around and we, when we realized that we would be siblings now. We moved into a new house that fit us all, and the summer of 2019, my mom announced that she was pregnant with Opal. She was born in December of 2019, and... Soon after, in March 2020, COVID hit, and me, Charlie May, and Gunner, and Charlie and Opal were all separated. Me and Charlie going back and forth between my dad's in Florida and my mom's in Nashville, and Charlie and Gunner, Charlie May and Gunner going back and forth between California with their grandparents and their mom's house. The first time we saw them after after all of that was when we took an RV from Nashville to California and we were really excited to see up see them again even though the RV broke down two or three times on the way. When we first met me and Charlie fought a lot. One time I even called her a step monster. But now we get along better than ever, and I don't know who I would be without her. Here is another story that discusses family. Our student storyteller explores the link between family, sports, and the relationships that can grow from each. Hi, uh, I am an eighth grader at Keene Central School, uh, Keene Valley, New York. And today I'm gonna tell you guys a story about how I've played sports my entire life. The title is Growth Within Family Sports. And 
my entire life, I've always asked myself, what is a family? Is it blood? Is it a group who has your back like a sports team or is it both? I honestly don't really know yet. At the beginning, I was, I think, eight or 10 years old when I started playing football. I started playing tackle uh, flag football when I was five years old and uh, I fell in love with the sport. Football has always been like my thing. I have been a Patriots fan, like a diehard Patriots fan for my entire life. And my favorite player is Tom Brady. Uh, I've always wanted to be like him. He was always been my idol and all the projects I've talked about, he has always been my idol. So football, I started playing tackle football when I was eight years old and I really started getting good at it when I was, I think nine or 10. And my dad was my coach. He brought us states four times in a row and we lost twice. So the best part about playing football with a team is you learn how that team throughout the season becomes your family. And I used to live in a big town called Danbury, Connecticut. Danbury, Connecticut was like my home. I've lived there for most of my life and I never wanted to leave. But now I'm up in Keene Valley in the Adirondacks and I'm very happy here. So what happened was I thought I was better than everyone as soon as I came up here and started playing football after COVID. So I acted better than everyone. I told everyone I was better and oh boy, was I wrong. I was just a bully and a kid who felt like I was still four foot eight at eight years old when I was like six foot, 230 pounds. And I still felt like I was in my shell. The first time I ever felt like I was out of my shell when I, it was my 14th summer when my dad took me cliff jumping for the first time and I got to do it by myself. So we jumped off this 35 foot cliff into water. Uh, it was this place called, uh, I think it, it might've even been higher. I don't know. I wasn't counting. Uh, it was in Santa Lake. It was this really high cliff and it was just a lot of fun. And I felt like because if I can jump off that, I am out of my shell. I am ready for anything that comes my way. And I've always struggled with people because of my ADHD and social pragmatic disorder. I have never been really good. I've been annoying my entire life. I've been told this, but I don't know how to fix it. I've been bullied my entire life, but I turned that all into energy to play harder on the football field. So as soon as I got to Sable for the first time in two years, because I hadn't get to play football because of COVID, I finally got to play and I went from modified all the way to varsity in one year. And it was one of the best things in my life, but I wasn't very humble. So I was going out there stealing people's spots, saying that I was better than them. And I was showing it too, but I realized that oh, the best football players are humble and kind and nice. Mm -hmm. And I needed to switch that off. So at the end of the season, I made sure to apologize to everybody, apologize to my coaches. I missed a few practices because I was struggling with my academics, but everybody accepted my apology. And 
how did I like become a better man with all this? I think that playing sports my entire life just affected me by having a lot of cooperation and like just people backing you up no matter what happened. So the sports I have played have affected my life greatly. Now I know the traits on how to work as a team and how that team turns into my family. These next few stories turn our focus from families to family pets and some of the memorable stories of their adventures and antics. Hello, I am an eighth grader from King Central School, and I will be telling a story about my most recent kitten. When I was younger, I always loved animals. I had a special fondness for cats because I had always grown up with them. My most recent kitten was very small, and I never raised a kitten before. His name's Bandit. We thought he was a girl at first, but we, but we found out he was a guy. This story takes place a couple weeks after we first got him. He was big enough to get up the stairs on his own, so he'd like to hang out in my sister's room. One day, I was looking for Bandit but couldn't find him, so I went up to my sister Destiny's room to see if she had seen him. She hadn't, so we both looked for her for him for like a while. My sister gave up first, but I kept looking because I wanted to spend time with my kitten. I hadn't found him. I just figured he'd turn up eventually, so I gave up. Later, I heard meowing coming from above, so I went upstairs to try and find him. Didn't see anything, but Destiny also heard the meowing. I went back downstairs. When I went to get food, I heard the meowing the loudest. I looked up, saw a hole in my pantry roof, and he was up there meowing at me. He was too scared to get down on his own, so I had to grab a chair to climb up and get him. I didn't know how he got up there, but he would get stuck up there occasionally. Destiny found a hole in her floor that led to the pantry roof. That's how he got up there so easily. Now he's too big to get up there, so we don't need to look for him as much. I still have him, and I love him a lot. This story asked the question, where is bubblegum? Listen and guess where you think they went. I am a Keene Central School 8th grade student. It was my house, 2020. It was a normal day. Sun was shining, blue skies. And as usual, we let our cat outside. His name was Bubblegum. Bubblegum was an outdoor cat by heart. And if he wasn't outside, he was fighting my dog. So I let my... So I let my cat outside, and I, as usual, and I started to get worried after a few days. After about a week, we went to go look for him, and we didn't find him. Then after about two months, he came back, and our family was ecstatic. Here is a story about one student's Christmas wish coming true.
Hi, I'm an eighth grader at Keene Central School, and today I'll be talking about the time I got a surprise Christmas cat. I was six years old and had been begging my parents for a cat for Christmas. I wrote it first thing on my list and was hoping Santa would bring me one. My parents kept telling me that it would be very hard for Santa to bring a cat all the way over on his sleigh from the North Pole, so I tried not to get my hopes up too high. Christmas morning came, and there was no cat under the tree, but I was still happy and knew Santa it would have been really hard for him to bring one. Then my mom went to the bathroom and came out holding a little kitten addressed to me. I was so excited and spent the whole name trying to name her, which we later realized was wrong because she was not even a girl at all, and I played with her the entire day. We loved her and named her Hazel, and she was the best cat until she passed away a few years ago. Because of Hazel, we loved cats and have now adopted more, and she's the reason that we have them and love them today. The next story shares a lesson about overcoming obstacles and being forced to face your fears. I am an eighth grade student at Keene Central School, and I am going to be telling you about the time I competed with a sprained ankle. A few months ago, I was riding a horse at my barn, and everything was going well up until the last few minutes of the ride. We were cantering, and something spooked my horse, and he ended up bucking me off, and I thought that I was really hurt in the moment. Um, I ended up driving to the hospital and the doctors told me I didn't have anything broken, but I sprained my ankle really badly and that I wouldn't be able to do anything for two weeks. I was devastated because I had a horse show coming up that was in three days, and I really did not want to miss it. Um, so I chose to instead ignore the doctors and get on a horse two days after to prepare for the horse show. Everything went well. My ankle was in a lot of pain, but I just dealt with it. And then came the day of the horse show. I got there and I was ready to compete. I was happy. And then it came time to draw the horse to see which horse I would ride. Um, the horse that had bucked me off was in my class, but there wasn't a big chance of me drawing him. So I wasn't worried. But as luck would have it, I drew his name right out of the hat and I was terrified. Um, my team then rallied to help me and get through my confidence knock, and I eventually got on the horse and rode my class. Probably not the best class I've ever ridden, but it was the class I needed to ride. It gave me my confidence back. And I ended up getting a third, and then in the jumping, I got a second. So 
at the end of the day, it was probably not a great decision to compete, but I'm very glad I did it because it gave me some really great memories. There are so many great ways to get outside and explore in Keene. This story is about one student's favorite way to spend time outdoors. Hi, I'm an eighth grade student at Keene Central School. I'm going to tell you about how much I like biking. I like to bike around Keene a lot with my friends and we usually bike at like Market Street. Mm. Mm. I like to bike because it makes me feel energized. Mm -hmm. I prefer to bike when it's sunny and hot. Mm -hmm. I checked out the new Keen trails. They're fun, they're quick and easy. Have you ever had a really bad day? Let's listen to the story of a group of students whose series of outdoor mishaps get them in trouble. I'm an eighth grade student at Keene Central School, and today I'm going to talk about Beaver Pond disaster. One day after school, me and my friends were hanging out and we decided to go for a walk around the pond. And little did we know a lot had in store for us. We were walking on the boardwalk and one of my friends accidentally shoved my other friend and his glasses fell into the beaver pond. We were, we were looking all over for them, but we couldn't find them. Finally, the friend that pushed the friend had to jump into the water to grab him. We all ended up jumping in. After we were all mucky and gross, so we had to go down to the river and clean off. Then it was me and my friend in the water, and my other friends ditched us because apparently a mom got mad at us for leaving trash on the playground. And then we got in big trouble with our parents. This next story is one student's recollections of a memorable family camping trip. Hi, I'm an eighth grade student at Keene Center School, and I'm going to talk to you about camping on the lake. When I was 11 years old, we went out in our canoe to Saranac Lake with my cousins from Maryland, and we explored the island for a long time, and we found all sorts of cool rocks and trees that we climbed. And then once the sun started to go down, we would go by the fire and roast s'mores, and we would toast up a rock by the fire, and then we'd put it under a pot with a blanket over it, and then we'd warm up our feet with that. And then after it got dark out, we would go out into the lake on our boats, and we'd listen to the loons. The loons, the calls sounded like ghosts. And we'd look up at the stars. 
my mom would point out all the different constellations that we could see. And then we would go back to the campsite. And then usually we would make hot chocolate over the fire. And then at night when we'd be sleeping in the tent, we'd hear all the noises of the animals on the island, like all the birds and things in the woods. When I think back on this trip, I think about how much fun it was and how I had so many new experiences that I've never experienced before. And it will always be in my memory. Have you ever canoed, hiked, and camped all in one day? This storyteller has. Our next story is about one student's fun and eventful family backpacking adventure. I'm an eighth grade Keene Central School student, and this is the story of when I went backpacking with my family. Ever since I can remember, my family had always gone hiking, camping, and backpacking. But one of the first backpacking trips I remember is this one. I was seven, and we drove up to the lower lake, and then we canoed the first lake, and then we did a little hike, and then we had to get in the canoe again and do another canoe. And then we hiked up to the Panther Gorge lean-to, and we spent the night there. I woke up the next morning, we had breakfast, which was oatmeal, and then we went up Marcy, Skylight, and Gray. All of them were beautiful. Not so much gray, but it was still really pretty. Then we went back down, and somebody took our lean too. We tried to talk to them, but they didn't speak English. So we just, they put our stuff to the side, and so we had to take it out. And then we just set up camp near the lean-to, too. Then we woke up the next morning, we went up Haystack, and me and my mom went back down, but my dad and brother decided to hike back to the Sable Club. And me and my mom hiked back down the canoe to the Sable Club. It was a really great experience, and I hope someday I can do it with my kids. In contrast, this story is about a not-so-fun family camping trip where a student and their family had to make the most of a buggy situation. Okay. Um, my mom wanted to plan a end-of-summer camping trip for me and my family last summer, um, and her and my stepdad decided we were going to Maine. The car ride there was extremely chaotic. I have three younger siblings at the time. One of them was two. One of them was not even one yet. And the other one was nine. Um, so that together makes a very chaotic trio while I'm sitting in the back of the car with my dog who is absolutely paranoid and hates loud noise. Um... It was a eight-hour road trip with angry parents, loud siblings, and a dog who will not sit down. I, I probably had the volume on my headphones so loud that I don't think my eardrums will ever recover. Um, when we finally got to the camping trip, we were absolutely attacked by mosquitoes. It was summer in Maine, so... It's pretty much a feeding frenzy, if you don't know, which I'm sure you probably do. Um, we at first couldn't find our site 
and it took like an hour to find the correct spot to set up. And when we finally did, the mosquitoes had attacked so us so badly, we just decided to go to bed at like 7.30. Um, the next morning, we all had uh, eggs that we cooked while mosquitoes were trying to fly into it. And we were very desperate to keep them out. Um, pretty much everybody was on edge the entire time. And... Um, we were all itchy, hungry, and tired. <laughs> However, we did get, see a lot of awesome beaches. We got really good seafood. We saw some whales and had like a good yet overwhelming chaotic time. Um, in, in conclusion, my family is extremely chaotic and loud, but we can still have fun. Keeping with our theme of family camping trips, here's a story about a family who had a much larger animal disrupt their campsite. I'm an eighth grader at Keene Central School, and I have a story about when I went camping with my dad, uh, a camping resort in Old Forge. That's a semi-annual trip, and I went in 2018, so while we were sleeping outside in our camper, um, my dad heard a bunch of rustling coming from our truck, but he just shrugged it off. And when we woke up in the morning, we got a our neighbors showed us a video of the bear, uh, like going in around in our campsite and everything. And we also looked around and we saw that the bear had opened my dad's truck door and he got into the truck and ate the food in there and there's like bear prints left all over the dirt and stuff and he also ripped open my dad's tunnel cover and was trying to get the food that was in there we saw the bear multiple times again after this in the camping trip because this is a popular place for the bears in the old forge and i wasn't really scared of the bear Later, we left and my dad got a, tunnel, a newer tunnel cover that was like more reinforced to the bears. And every time we come back there, we see bears again. What tales do you tell around the campfire? Our next story of an animal encounter is one this student and their family will be sharing around the campfire for years. Hi, I'm an eighth grader at Keene Central School, and I'm going to be talking about my story named Two Bears. One night on Lake Placid Lake at my family's camp, I was six years old. No one was around besides my family. The whole family was sitting at the campfire. Everyone got tired, but my dad and my cousin stayed outside. My cousin ran inside and told us that there was two big bears outside, and he grabbed pots and pans for my dad, and we went out to the windows and watched out of them. 
my dad grabbed the pants and he slammed them together and yelled at the bears. The bears ran off and watched us from the woods for the rest of the night. This is a good family memory that we tell around the campfire for years to go. Our final story today is a fun tale about a family camping trip and introduces listeners to a very persistent duck. Hi, I'm an eighth grader at Keene Center School, and I'm going to be telling a story about Quacker. So my family and I, we went to Pollywog Pond when I was around four or three years old, but I... I think I was four or three years old. I couldn't have been five because my mom was pregnant with my little brother at the time, and we have a five-year age gap, so I'm pretty sure I was like four. And so we went camping at Polywork Pond, and we had came all the way from Albany. So we finally got there, and it was pretty nice out. And we were setting up our tent, and I was off in the woods, like building fairy houses and like messing around and I um all of a sudden we heard this really loud quacking noise so my family and I we all look at each other and there's this duck at the water right next to our campsite quacking like really 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 loud and he will not stop and he was there for a really good amount of time and then we looked and he had come all the way across the whole big pond away from all his little duck friends and um it was just him and he was quacking so we gave him like a really small piece of bread because he would not stop and um then he left and we were there for about four days and every single day he came back at the same time for bread and when we left I had come up for a name for him and I called him quacker because he wouldn't stop quacking (laughs) Thanks for listening to these exciting stories from Keene Central School, eighth graders participating in Adirondack Community, capturing, retaining, and communicating the stories of who we are. Hear more stories at myadirondackstory.org. Let us know your reaction to what you've discovered. If your community wants to start a story project or add student stories, learn how to at ourstorybridge.org.